If you haven't heard about Anchor by Spotify, it's essentially the easiest way to make a podcast with everything you need on one place. Let me explain. Anchor has tools that allow you to record and edit your pod right from your phone or your computer. When hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your pod on listening platforms like Spotify, Apple, and more. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. And best of all, Anchor is totally free. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Hey guys, welcome to Let's Process This with Melinda Hill. We are happy you're here. We, meaning me, pretending I'm a we for some reason. Hi. Let's Process This is a podcast about processing and overcoming trauma and transforming it into creative treasure and life treasure because we are not defined by what happened to us, but we are defined by what we do with what happens to us. Hello. We also talk creative process, like how does stuff get made? How are people making things? How are people making it through things? My intention is that you will feel inspired and empowered and illuminated by the insights that you find here. And also, of course, entertained. Some quick announcements for you. If you're so inspired, please support this podcast by subscribing for free wherever you get your pods and rating it and leaving a nice review. Yummy, yummy review time. You can become a patron now directly on anchor.com or on patreon.com. So hop over there and become a patroon. You can access all this stuff at my website, melindahill.com. If you can do all or any of that, we are so grateful. We, of course, just meaning me. Another announcement for you. Very exciting. My comedy special, Inappropriate, is now out. What? Yes! I am so excited to share this comedy special with you. You can get it at melindahill.com or wherever you get your specials. It's also a comedy album. And you can get that wherever you get your comedy albums. The special is called Melinda Hill, Inappropriate. Few people said a few things about it. Hollywood Chicago says, combine the hilarity of prime observational comedy with the zen of inner peace, and you have Melinda Hill's stand-up special, Inappropriate. The sharp master of laughs delivers an hour of riffs on her life and her loves. Off the Tracks goes on to say, Melinda's special is bold, funny, and deep. A hilarious comedy hour jam-packed with laughs. Speaks to her development as a joke writer and deliverer, but also arrives at exactly the right time. Ooh, we love arriving at the right time. Gotta love that divine timing. Guys, did I mention that we are so happy that you are here today. Thank you so much for all of your support. Let's get into it, shall we? My guest today is the very exciting Todd Stashwick, who's in my film, Love Weddings and Other Disasters. It's coming out next week. 
You're going to love him. He's an actor and writer based in L.A., a Chicago native. He's an alumnus of the famed Second City Comedy Theater. On TV, he's been on The Riches, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, Curb Your Enthusiasm, Heroes, Supernatural, The Originals, and Gotham. You can stream him on Hulu on Sci-Fi's hit show, 12 Monkeys, and the live-action Kim Possible film on Disney+. Plus. And as I said before, you can watch for him in the upcoming rom-com, Love, Weddings, and Other Disasters. Not only that, guys, but Todd is super awesome and has written television pilots, comic books, video games, and feature films, most of which he has signed things that don't let him talk about it. Okay, he's launching his own brand of groovy wares and nerdy paraphernalia for all the nerds out there called Todd Stashwick's Nerd Circus. He plays a lot of Dungeons and Dragons. Okay, he lives a happy life with a wife, two kids, and too many pets. Let's welcome my fabulous guest, Todd Stashwick. I need to find out if it's Stashwick or Stashwick. What is the correct? Hi. Good morning, my friend. Welcome. How are you? I'm good. It's a little chilly here in the Southland this morning. Are you in the Canyon Lands or the? I south? am not. I am in the in the Valley part. Yeah, it's chilly. Did you do you have a heater? You're so sparkly. I chose a filter on the Instagram live and it that works. that's your option too. You can do it at the bottom, but you don't need one. I'm not fancy. I'm not fancy. You're a, you're a, you have a natural sparkle and glow. It is. It is. It's an inside thing. <laughs> I shine from the, I'm, I shine from within. You sure do. I'm so happy this worked out because first I tried to do this and my computer crashed. I watched it happen. It made me very grateful that we're able to do this because the technology gods have smiled upon us. Because if we didn't have technology, we wouldn't be able to meet on Instagram Live and also record this time, this meeting in the time-space continuum. We are reaching through the pipes to, to, uh, to connect with each other. In, and, in, in ways that were unimaginable. This, at, at some point in history, this would have been sorcery. It would have been sorcery. At this point, it's sorcery. It still is. Some might argue. It still is. Um, are you kidding me? I think my computer just crashed again. I still Look, see you. This might just be an Instagram live. This That's fine. Um, Todd, tell me all about it. How are you? Are you excited that our movie's coming out next week? I'm excited. It's a surreal thing because because uh, 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 your viewers may not know, and it's uh, not to get too morose, but literally the day I landed in Boston to shoot this movie, uh, I found out my father died. And so it was one of those uh, surreal experiences where I was going back and forth to Chicago because that's where my father uh, and family live uh, to do funerals and then uh, fly back to Boston to make the funny with with Melinda and the gang. Uh, and, and in many ways, a saving grace because the, the compartmentalization was... Uh, was healthy and wonderful and and 
If you're following her, you understand what a what a ray of sunshine and support and light this woman is. And she was exactly that uh, for me at a very tender, tender moment in my adult life. And so to that, I'm eternally grateful. You are you are uh, dog eared in my in my in my life uh, story in a way that is uh, kind of unprecedented. So I am I'm so grateful. Uh, to you to do that uh and then at the same time we made a really funny movie yeah yeah i mean that was intense like was have intense. You, i mean the movie's great but like let's talk about how did you do that i mean you let's just, process this let's process this exactly todd mm -hmm. like how did you get through that it's, it's, we are look so okay uh so how would i say it and by Lost... the way thank you for saying that it's so sweet oh please um the uh the human the human experience uh in many ways is a bit hardwired to lose a parent it's an organic process losing a child probably not as organic a child losing their parent at some point you know in their adult life you, you sort of hold space for that if you're close with your family and, and whatnot. I'm, I, I'm obviously barring personal accessions and whatnot. But if you are, uh, if you are, and I was fortunate enough to have my dad until he was 82 years old, right? So, so he lived a robust, wonderful life with my mom and us, my sister and I, and he saw the world and to Egypt, you know, I mean, like the man saw the world. So he lived at large and loved uh, his family and everything. So losing, losing um, a, a parent is organic, but it's still no less shocking and it's still no less a blow to the soul. Um, <clears throat> that being said, I still did all the uh, I did all the things that one one does when they lose a family member, which is you go home and you grieve with your family and you do the funeral and you do all the things, and then at the same time, you know the the old adage the show must go on, and so it was it was it was a it was a ninja act of compartmentalization uh, where you go oh so you know you're in a fetal position in your hotel room grieving the loss of your father and then you you dry your eyes and you and you go to work and you work with amazing people like you and so it was uh you would buy um so see people are people are lovely uh people are i keep getting notes yeah. as we as we sit here it's, it's a crazy thing that's the fun of that's the fun of instagram live is people can write in their comments they don't happen immediately but you'll see them like a minute or two after they, they kinda, write them they kind of jump in but uh, yeah, so it was. Uh, what the, the the interesting thing is that the time on set with y'all was a, a, an emotional oasis. It was a place to go and and you know it's all the things that make life worth living, right? So it's it's making funny and making entertainment and, and fellowship and socializing and and all of the things. So that my my time uh, wasn't spent just feeling sad. And, and there we are capable of, of much. Uh, and so I, I, it was nice. I mean, it was really nice. It was not, uh, it wasn't this, 
I wasn't pretending because because life is many things. I was celebrating the fact that I was doing this wonderful movie with amazingly funny people and a very giving collaborative director who's hilarious, uh, Dennis Dugan. And uh, so it, my life was also that, right? Like it wasn't, it wasn't like I had to sh shove something down so that I could make a movie. Uh, it was, no, I'm also able to enjoy this. Well, look at, look at where we are right now. Like we are in the middle of a pandemic suffering through uh, a, a child man who won't let go of his office. Like there's, there's a lot of suffering right now in the world. And at the same time, here we are uh, commiserating as well as celebrating and enjoying this because, because, you know, without being too happy, crappy, it is just moments, right? We just get moments. So, so cheers. Yeah. I, oh, I love that mug. That looks like a goblin. It's like, it looks like it Look, we always, uh, my wife got me a set of mugs, this one. And then there's this one that's like this gnarly tree looking thing. And we, we say it's where the, where the wild mugs are. Cause it looks like a mug drawn by Maury Sendak. Uh, that's yeah. awesome. Yeah. I feel like that's how, that's how life is, right? Like it's never all bad and all good. There are layers. There are many things happening at once. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and you have to, uh, you know, as they, as they say, smoke them if you got them. Like, like if you, if you have a bit of joy to have at any given moment, uh, if it's a healthy version, uh, even if it's, you know, a, a drink, but <laughs> like we do what we can, we celebrate the moments that we have. Um, cause I, I have, uh, the phrase, this too shall pass, which is, which is such a great, uh, great phrase. Cause it sort of says, uh, it sort of says it's not always going to be awful. So hang in there. And it also says, it's going to be awful occasionally. So if it's good right now, enjoy it because this will pass for a little bit too. The good part's going to pass and they'll be bad. And then when you're in the bad, know that that will pass and get back to good. And so, uh, and like you just said, I think that, you know, the good and the bad weave in at the same time. Uh, and so you can't, we, we have a tendency or we have a want to uh, kind of, sink into the bad so much like we just like we let that dominate our emotional states and we're like i'm i'm depressed or i'm sad which is a clinical and i i do not make light of people who suffer from clinical depression or anything like that but uh because yeah telling a depressed person to be happy is like telling a person who lives in the darkness to you know just turn on the light like there's no switch so uh Barring that, uh, there is, uh, like you said, equal amounts of sadness and happiness. If you're looking for it, uh, you can find places to find the happiness. B, yeah. B Ward 28 says, Todd has gotten me through some particularly rough times too, and I'm grateful for him. Aw, that's my buddy Brian. That's my buddy Brian. Brian uh, is... Uh, he, I met him over a little over a year ago uh, through a mutual friends, and we have uh, we've become Dungeons and Dragons buddies, and uh, and uh, we have uh, we just we share lots of passions and uh, for for all sort of uh, sort of geekery. 
That's so great. So tell me about Dungeons and Dragons. I feel like that's been a coping skill of yours. This last year, it has been amazing because it is something you can do through Zoom uh, to great effect. Um, and you're like a person who's really gone for it because some people play Dungeons and Dragons and you like have a room devoted to it. Like what all is happening over there? It's impressive. It's an actual, like I'm looking at an actual dungeon full of, this looks like a, this is like Disneyland for Dungeons and Dragons. We call this the nerd lair. Um, okay. So, uh, so Dungeons and Dragons, if you haven't heard of it, you haven't watched, uh, you know, Stranger Things. D&D uh, <clears throat> &D started in the 70s. It's a role-playing game. It's essentially coll uh, collaborative storytelling. Um, uh, then there's, there's dice that you roll to see if what you want to try and do works. So uh, that's what it is. You, you gather around a table, somebody leads you through a story, you tell the guy what you want to do, or girl, or they, what you want to do, depending on who's leading the game, the dungeon master. Is that you? Um, I often, well, I, I do, I, I play both sides okay. of the table. I, I probably dungeon master more than I play as a player, but uh, I have had an ongoing game going on for three years now, the same game. Um, and then I dungeon master uh, one shots. It's, it literally is that it's fantasy storytelling. So you have a character, I have a character. The dungeon master says, you guys have stumbled across uh, the grave of modern Canaan. An eerie spirit rises from it. Uh, you hear a wailing. What do you do? They don't say it like that, or maybe some do. Um, but the idea then is you then would say, you know what, I, I draw my sword. I want to I want, I want to I want to strike the banshee. And then you would roll the dice to see if it worked. And then if it worked, you tell me what happens. You're like, OK, and I, I slash across it. And the thing cries out into the night. Uh, and then you go through a story. And some stories have been going on for years. And some of them just last a night. Um, it's problem solving. It's uh, creative uh, fellowship. Uh, it's storytelling. Um, it's a reason to gather that doesn't involve a screen. I mean, right now it does because of Zoom. But uh, like I said, in my in my nerd lair here, I have a whole setup that I I gather six people around the table and we and we play a game. And it, we play a game. That's what it is. It's play. Do you feel like that helps you with your storytelling as an actor and writer? Oh, hundred percent. I. Uh, so I started playing D&D &D when I was like 11, 12 years old. And then I stopped for a very long time. And then I came back to the game uh, in my adult years. Uh, but I do a lot of what they call one shots, which is creating a story for uh, just one night. And so with that, I have to create a villain. I have to create the beginning, middle, and end. And obviously follow the players as they go through uh, their story. Um, but as far as a writer goes, I'm constantly thinking in three acts when I'm doing D&D. Uh, &D. So I'm thinking about how do I get them involved? What's their inciting incident? What's the thing? And then watching them take my idea and do new things with it, which is what actors do once a writer gives them their script. They go, okay, how about this? How about this? How about this? And, and so, I am continually working that storytelling muscle. Yeah. Okay, that's great. And wh why did you start playing at eleven? Were you like 
just trying to escape something in your childhood or it was just a fun thing to play? <laughs> no, I had a terrific childhood. Um, it, it was, I was, an, uh, on, uh, you know, it's the cliche of going, I, I wasn't a sports kid. I wasn't on a team. Uh, I was the kid talking. I, I mean, I was a kid of the 70s and 80s, right? So, uh, and so, so a in 1977, kid. when I was eight, turning nine, pardon me? So a latchkey kid. I, well, mom and dad, yeah, mom and dad worked. Uh, and so uh, in 77, it was like Rankin and Bass is the Hobbit and Star Wars and Atari and all of those things. And I was, yeah, I was eight going on nine. And then D&D &D was forming right around then. And my, my older cousin was into it and he was the coolest thing alive. Uh, and so he was telling me about it. And then it kind of became the underground nerd thing to do in the late 70s. So are you a nerd? Are you a nerd? My Todd? cousin and I. Are you sorry? So. Are you a nerd? Because I don't think of you as a nerd. Very. Yeah, you know what? You saw me as a Russian mobster most of the time. Um, so <laughs> I, uh, I, yeah, I, I, like I said, I was like just, I, I was not the kid who was doing sports. And so I was doing a lot of talking about movies and playing video games and reading comic books as a kid. And that just didn't change. It's, it's sort of, there's this lovely tribe that forms through fantasy uh, and science fiction, uh, the, the fans of it. And I found kinship with people. That was how I connected to friends early on was nerding out as they say and we didn't you know we back in the 70s and 80s we were the kids that were made fun of and picked on for playing dnd &D. and then uh thank god for people like joe manganello who no one would pick on him is out there talking about dnd &D now and uh it's 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 become something that people are unashamed to talk about but it was like we formed our little club in junior high and we played dnd &D with our friends and it was just like that in the basement uh, in uh stranger things uh, but yeah, I'm a Star Wars kid. I'm a Batman kid. I'm a I'm a D and D kid. Okay, because I feel like you you say you're a nerd, and then Chris Hardwick made this empire on nerddom, and I'm like looking at you guys, and I'm like, you guys don't seem like nerds. But now that you explain, you go into the definition of nerd. I I, I feel like anyone who's not technically one of these nerds are, are the ones who should feel ashamed because you guys are <laughs> have kind of taken over the world, right? There's way well, more I, of you. I think the word nerd, and, and it's, it's loosely used with the word geek, I think it literally, it means you have a deep passion about something and you dig into the minutia of it so when you nerd out if, if you if you're a foodie you're you're like a food nerd like if you're into uh tennis you're a tennis nerd and i think that's sort of where it it went uh i think how we use it culturally now uh it tends to mean people who celebrate science fiction and fantasy, but because films like the Avengers are billion dollar franchise, that, that uh, moniker has been cast really wide. Uh, for me, I still uh, like, I'm still, I still hardcore nerd on a lot of the things that I did when I was a kid, which is Star Wars, Batman, Dungeons and Dragons. Like those things are still deeply important to me. The mythologies 
still have lessons that resonate. Uh, and, and the escapism is, uh, and the imagination is just uh, unsurpassed. It's so fun. And then things like Comic-Con give places for like-minded souls where you can find your own specific nerd tribe. You go to Comic-Con, you go like, I'm an X-Men guy. And you see all the people dressed up as X-Men and, and reading X-Men comics, or I'm a, I'm a Spider-Man guy, or I'm a Batman guy. And you find, so there's little nerd pods within the greater nerddom, which is, again, so we talk about, like, I, I made this brand because I've done a lot of the nerd shows, the Buffy's, the Supernatural, uh, 12 Monkeys. So I've made a lot of the things that I would be a fan of. Uh, and so my life as a nerd circus, uh, from beginning to end, like my career as well as my hobby. So wherever I look, there's some sort of nerd circus going on, which is why I wanted to make a thing that sort of celebrated that. Okay, cool. Got it. So like you have accomplished so much and continue to accomplish so much as a quadruple threat. <laughs> I don't sing. Writer, director, sing actor, nerd, dungeon master. Um, what, how did you get so prolific? Like, did, did you over have to, did you, were you faced with any obstacles? And if so, how did you overcome those? You know, it's interesting because, uh, I, as they say, I've never, I've never felt like I was let in the front door of places. Like I banged on the door of like the thing that I wanted As two things, which was um, you either go around the back and try to, and, and get a jackhammer and jackhammer your way into the room, which I've done quite a bit, where you're like, well, they won't let me in the front door. I will make my own way into the room. Um, uh, so that's one way. And then the other way is, screw them. I'm going to build my own room. Uh, and so the build my own room manifested itself in one there's no dnd club in my junior high well i will i will form that dnd club um i'm not getting cast in plays i will form my own theater company uh so that kind of moved its way forward through my life and career where it's like i was i would i would get i would book a show but I wouldn't be hired to the pilot right out of the gate. I would be the replacement guy. So they wanted, I would test for it. They cast somebody a week later, they fired that person. And then my, Oh, okay. No hire Todd. So it's that, that, that sort of, I, I eventually get there. So there's a fortitude of, yeah, you know what? I, I kind of understand sometimes they're just not going to open the front door for me. So I have to have skills if I believe enough in this work or in the thing that I want to achieve, I have to have skills that will uh, allow me to keep doing it. And, and those skills are, you know, fortitude and imagination and, and uh, tribe gathering because we cannot do any of this stuff alone. We need to amass the forces and blow the horn of Gondor. That's, that's, I feel like what we have in common is that we're both kind of, quadruple threats, but also we create our own communities wherein we can yes. create and be surrounded by like-minded creators, but that no one was creating those things and we saw a need for it and created our own. Yes. 
Yeah, and and uh, you know, and, and looking at your career, and, and well, even stand up alone is such a, a beautiful leap of faith. It's like, you know, we, we get these weird moments in our in our youth and whatnot where people are like, "Oh, you're funny, you're funny," and so you start to go, "Okay, well, that's a a skill that I'm noticing that I have that other people are responding to," and you know, it's we're we're sort of going through life seeking those moments of approval and those moments of uh, nurture from outside sources and and you 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 find that you're funny and you go okay well thank god there's a place that i can put that funny that could be a career and you put that funny on stage as a stand-up and then that blossomed into writing and that blossomed into acting and and it just kind of keeps opening and opening up you were a groundling i mean we share a very similar lineage uh, second city and groundling those are their cousins right um yeah, I, I did a little bit of stand up. I found it a little lonely for myself because when I crash on stage alone, I'm like a, a pit opened up in my soul. I'm like, I can't do this. So I went running to Second City because I needed I needed people to catch me if I was falling. Yeah, uh, or, or we all go down together and then we drink it off later. <laughs> I love that. Well, it's just so fun to be part of an ensemble, right? Like you're there for the highs and lows. It's more about the journey. I feel like yeah. being an actor alone was too hard for me because it was too much waiting. It was too much waiting on other people to choose you. And and when you're creating stuff like comedy, when you're a writer and comedian or in part of a sketch group, you are the work is never done. You're always creating right. things for yourself. And like, were you at were you at the 50, 50th Second City anniversary thing? I, I did not there. get to go to that because I was working. Thank goodness. I mean, you're providing for the fam. Uh, it sort of superseded my ability to go back to Chicago for that event. But uh, I got my swag bag. So, you know. That was so I, – I got to go to that not because I was a member of Second City, but I was dating someone who was. And it was so cool – the way Chicago rolled out the red carpet for improvisers yeah. and they made it Second City Day. They chartered a, a private plane. They had shows all weekend. Yeah. I saw the pictures from the plane. And I saw Which, the respect that the city has for Second City. Yeah, there's two There's two bookends of theater, big bookends of theater. There's Steppenwolf. Uh, and Second City, and so, so much of the other theater in between. There's a lot of improvised theater, and then there's a lot of cool, dramatic, experimental theater going on. And um, in Chicago, going, growing, uh, uh, coming up in that city, there was always like Steppenwolf and Second City. Uh, I was a Second City and Improv Olympic guy. Um, got to study with Del Close, and 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 those relationships and friendships that were forged that endure today. Um, and the city is famous for that. I mean, and jazz, like those are, those are the big and pizza, but people don't call Chicago pizza, pizza, but I do. Um, it's, uh, those are the big things that, uh, Chicago is known for. And so Chicago is very proud of, uh, of, its contribution to entertainment. You know? I have never, I've never seen any kind of respect like that for the art form it was truly impressive and you know yeah. comedy and improv truly is 
like the same as jazz, you know, in terms of yeah, it's collaboration. Yeah, it's listening and it's 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 riffing. Yeah, yeah. So that's so cool that you came out of that scene. So like, how do you bring that to your work now? Like, let, let's talk about your character in Love Weddings and Other Disasters, <laughs> <laughs> because you play such an interesting. Uh, such an interesting Russian gangster. I mean, you could have played that so many ways and you brought so many nuances and how did you create that character? Because it was a joy to watch. You know, it's a bit of a blur because of uh, circumstances being what they were. Um, uh, well, well, that is created. It was so much of it was already on the paper and uh, I, I don't know. You know, I, I, I always try to find whenever I, I, cause I play a lot of villains. I always try to find that, that one part of the villain, <clears throat> why I feel sorry for them. Like it's easy to be afraid of the villains, uh, but you gotta have that one thing in there where you go, Oh, <laughs> when you're watching them. And that's, what's interesting to me is like, where are they weak and where are they like, awkward or where are they lonely or where are they like what's that thing about them that that or where are they funny like i mean obviously this was a comedy so the comedy was already on the page uh but like with 12 monkeys and with with uh with a, a bunch of the villains that i've played the riches and whatnot i always try to find that other thing because the scary takes care of itself and and you just gotta kind of let that happen and you don't have to lean into it you don't have to push i'm six foot to I have I, my voice sounds like a garbage truck and I have dark circles around my head. So like being intimidating is easy, um, but being uh, so so always trying to find that one thing that makes you go, oh, that's a weirdo. Like he's not just a villain. He's there's something weird about him. Uh, thanks, Alice Smith. Alice Smith just says she loves my villain so 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 much. Uh, and who's from, and Chicago is very proud of you. Who is that? See, I missed the person who wrote that. That says uh, it's from View from My Window Photography. Oh, that's that's Alyssa. Alyssa, I went to high school with her. Um, uh, you're getting you're getting viewers from my 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 youth here. Um, so I always uh, so that's it. Like I always try to find that thing that makes. And that may just come from my own like rhythms and my own like what I think is funny, uh, and being very specific and idiosyncratic. My AirPods are about to run out. Hang on. Sure. Let me go get other ear. Things. Yeah, yeah. Um, that would be bad. Technology. This is what I'm yeah, saying. Yeah. It's like earlier the the laptop was crashing and. That's why now he has earbuds. So it's just great that this is happening at all. Thank you, technology gods. I know that Todd is an atheist, so I, I'm thanking them alone. <laughs> Hang on. It's the wrong ones. Hang on just a second. Um, uh, those aren't working. Those aren't working. You know okay. what? I'm just gonna I'm just gonna free ear it. Really? I can't. <sighs> So Todd, um, what? Everything just cracked. Todd, I know that uh, you you made uh, that set very fun of love weddings and other disasters. You had a lot of you were you were just like always funny. You were being so funny, and like. Uh, it was to hide, Melinda. What? It was to hide the tears. 
Yeah. Yeah. I understand. I hear you. But, and like you came up with this and I'm glad you thought that I helped you because you helped me laugh so much and you came up with this term healthy tips. Do you want to tell us about that? So I would just, uh, I would, uh, I'm going to have to hold my, my ring light here. All right. I would just, um, I would just uh, gorilla spring my camera on, because Melinda, in all, like there was a moment where you go, no, she really is that kind. She really is that holistic. She really is that healthy. It's not a character. Like that's who you are. And I was like, at first I thought, oh, this is a bit. And then I went, no, no, I'm going to take her earnestness and let's make it a bit. And because you literally would have amazing, like, no, you know what you do with your breakfast in the morning? Here's what I would do with my breakfast. You know what I would do? You would have all these, like, lovely self-care things. And so I would spring my <clears throat> camera on you. And I would make you describe whatever healthy tip you came up with in that moment and then we would post them that was so fun i want to start doing that again for these uh ig lives like what what healthy tip is what 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 healthy tip are you using during the pandemic let's call these melness moments what's your melness moment to help people get through because you know this whole this whole let's process this is all about helping people overcome trauma. So sure. some people are currently traversing their own trauma tunnels. What what are some healthy tips or wellness moments that um, help help you get through the pandemic blah? Uh, I uh well I do uh it, it sounds it sounds uh it sounds cliche, but I do 20 minutes of meditation every day. Uh, and right now, instead of the guided meditation, because I often will do a guided meditation, uh, I am doing 20 minutes of uh, thunderstorm sounds. So I, I, I go to YouTube and I find 20 minutes of rain and thunderstorm. And I just put that in because we don't get a lot of that. And I'm a Midwest kid. And so we used to get just these amazing, spectacular uh, thunderstorms. Yeah. And to the sound hit the metal roof and like um of the rain and then that and that that sort of cleansing crackle of of displaced air that is thunder uh shutting everything off and like because i have two kids i have a house full of animals and 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 my wife so i will listen to just thunderstorms uh for 20 minutes and breathe uh and it resets things it cleanses it's great so that there that's a very doable and it isn't like you don't have to listen to somebody playing a recorder and talking you through something gentle which i do do but if 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 meditation seems like it would be a little like uh feels a little oopy goopy um just listen to 20 minutes of thunderstorms off of YouTube. Just put in thunderstorms, 20 minutes, put on some headphones and go. And it's amazing. Okay. I love that. Now, do you do that in the morning or like what's, when, when does this happen in your day? And when you were listening to the guided ones, which ones did you enjoy of that? I listened to 
the mindfulness, mindful, mindful movement. Sarah Raymond on the mindful movement. I just gave a shout out to Sarah Raymond. I don't know her, but uh, Sarah Raymond mindful movement is excellent. And you can order it like a menu. You like you go 20 minutes gratitude meditation, 20 minutes uh, grief meditation, 20 minutes. You just put that in and you will see all these people bring it. Like if there's a specific thing you want to attack that you're working through, uh, I'll start with a therapist just because to process the grief of my dad, I just realized that uh, I probably needed a little extra help um, on that. Um, yeah, so when I do it, uh, so I wake up in the morning, I wake up at seven, I have to get my daughter up by 8.30. So in that morning, uh, I have my coffee and I read, uh, read a literature, just a book of some kind. And then around 8.30, uh, I wake her up. I will meditate before I get on with the work day. So probably around 9.30 or 10 o'clock, I will do a little 20 minute meditation um, to sort of set the day forward. That's great. I, I'm a big meditator also. It's like a game changer. Oh, like hardcore. Yeah. Love it. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, I try to do the the six M's every day. The motion, meditation, motion, mother nature, uh, meeting of the minds, murder. Um, got to get a kill in. You got to get your kill in. <laughs> um, so, Todd, what... Like, what's your right? What's your creative process? Because you are so busy. So, like, how do you find that? Make the time to write movies and comics and all this stuff. Like, what? How much? How, how much are you hitting the keys each day? Um. Or well, how's that break out? My, fa my favorite phrase. My favorite phrase uh, about uh, there's a great there's a great anecdote. Uh, during your show shows for the kids out there, that was a, a comedy TV show back in the day. And uh, young Carl Reiner and Mel, Mel Brooks uh, were in a room. Carl Reiner's having a cigarette. Mel Brooks is tossing a ball in the air. And Sid Caesar bursts into the room. He goes, I thought I paid you guys to write. And then Mel Brooks goes, we are writing. The rest is just typing. So uh, as far as hitting the keys, for me, a lot of the writing process happens when I'm running uh, and it happens uh, when I'm talking because I, I, I do a lot of co-writing with people. So there's a lot of conversation that takes place long before we actually hit the keys. Uh, I am not a novelist. Uh, I do a lot of, uh, I'm a very processy guy in terms of writing. I'm a very, so there's a, there's a whole lot of throw spaghetti against the wall, then let those big ideas settle, put those big ideas now on in outlines and cards. I'm a card, I'm a, I'm a corkboard guy or a whiteboard guy. Then I will go from the corkboard or whiteboard back into the outline, put the outline in, flesh the outline out so that it's now 25 to 50 pages, then go from that to add dialogue. So I'm like very much like, cause I like to work all of the, structure out before I add dialogue. That way I'm totally freed up to maybe not talk about what they're doing in the scene and just have a conversation because the action of the scene is taking take care of itself. I also write a lot of video games, which is a more a completely different process in terms of uh, same process in story breaking, but then you have to do a lot of like 
handoff where you're like, and here's where it goes out of gate, uh, just a cinematic into gameplay. And so you have to, you have to hand it off, or this is what they call on the hoof dialogue. So when the player is controlling the character or the character's talking to somebody, uh, they, they, you have to write the dialogue that goes up between them. Uh, so there's different processes for different, um, mediums that I write, but overall the breaking of story, whether it's me doing a Dungeons and Dragons one shot, a film, a, a television pilot or a game, that process is the same. Breaking story is the same. Okay. How do you, how often do you run each day? Uh, I run or I walk, uh, probably four or five days a week, but I exercise every day. So you, Um, you do like 30 minutes, an hour. Uh, I will do 45 minute walk, uh, or a three to four mile run. Um, I'm the same. What? I'm the same. And I've done, uh, I've done the LA half marathon three times. Uh, to raise money f- to fight childhood cancer, which is uh, a, a really cool. Somebody just saw my Nerd Circus shirt. Oh, yeah. Where can people get these Nerd Circus shirts? They can't just yet. I'm still uh, like the We are opening soon. I'm still waiting for a little bit more. Another cool thing that I'm uh, from a vendor that I will be selling. So once I get that, the whole site will be able to launch, hopefully within the next two weeks. Um but you can follow at the Nerd Circus on Insta, and I, I will be teasing out pictures of stuff and stay in contact. Uh, yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Or I'm making a way for it. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's my, look, I've never done anything like this, so I just got to make sure that I've got all my T's crossed and I's dotted and all that. Yeah, you got you to gotta have your structure down before you launch an empire. If we've learned anything from Dungeons & Dragons. Todd, yes. Todd, what were your favorite moments of shooting Love Weddings and Other Disasters? Any anecdotes you want to share? <laughs> I, uh, well, I love the healthy tips. That was a highlight. Um, I, uh, you know what was really fun was going on that, uh, the duck. So fun. That was really fun. Because, like, we were, we were a very much kind of, uh, weren't the focus of that scene so we just got to enjoy riding around boston in a duck uh that was pretty crazy duck boat Uh, we got to ride around a duck boat in this one scene on the where was that the harbor Uh, um it's great uh i uh, I also loved the wedding reception i'm not spoiling anything it's a movie about weddings there's gonna be a wedding reception um and there's gonna be uh, some love it's some other disaster. Because it's called um, Love Weddings and Other Disasters. Um, I loved, uh, I liked our little crew with you and me and Andy. That was really fun. And William and and, uh, and uh, Kevin. I liked our little, like, mafia crew. That was fun. Uh, and working with Dennis is just unbelievable. He was so great. Yeah, he's a really great uh, comedy director because he picks people that he trusts. And he sets a scene that's fun and chill, and and it lets people do what they do best. But also, he knows what he what he wants as a director. Yeah. It's very specific. Very much like he uh, he has a very specific style of how he wanted things delivered, and just just it was it was such a foot on the gas pedal. It was great. Um, I also loved uh, 
meeting Elle King. She was great. I'm a big fan of her music. Yeah. And, uh, her. and so uh, getting to meet her was, was a thrill. I listened to a lot of her music when I was shooting 12 Monkeys. And so it just lived in my ears for a very long time. And then it's like, oh, no, you're going to be in a scene in a movie. And she's going to be the, the musician in the scene. I'm like, what? Elle King? Yeah. And she was great. And that was a, that was a very special moment between her and uh, Keaton uh, Simons. Uh, they were outside, we were outside, it was pouring, and we were in this, we were doing the wedding reception, and it was pouring outside, we were all in this tented area, sort of lined up while they were setting the scene inside, and it was raining outside, and Keaton uh, pulls out his guitar, and Elle starts singing, and I'm like, we're just getting a little private concert, just off camera, just all of, all of us actor people uh, in the background, we're all just sitting there being... They're passing the time making art. It was great. Yeah, that's aw That's great. You know, it's so fun to be a part of an ensemble of really talented people. Like, well, in that movie I've heard of, there's like a what's her name from Annie Hall? Uh, Woody Woody Allenette. No, the other one. The other one. She played Annie. She played Annie. She's got an Oscar for it. Uh, what is her name? Kimmy. Uh, Kimmy. After Batman. What would Michael Keaton like? She's named after him. Diane von Fursten. Spurred. Fursten Spurred. Fursten Birds. Diane von, Diane von Fursten Birds. Yes. So, like, that was the other thing. It's like when they started listing the cast of this thing, I was like, what? Diane Keaton, Jeremy Irons? This is crazy. Yeah. Were you like so excited when you found out that you were doing the movie? It was, you know, it was one of those wonderful experiences as a, as an actor where they go, uh, there's a part that they, they, they're, they, they want to, uh, consider you for, will you go have lunch with Dennis Dugan? Like you mean the Adam Sandler director guy? Yeah. I'll go have lunch with him. So as I was getting into the booth, Jesse McCartney's getting out of the booth. He was just having like a little round robin day, Dennis was. And so so I uh, I, I, I slide into the booth and Dennis like, here's what I'm thinking about. Read the script, uh, then come over to my house in a couple of days and we'll just we'll just say the scenes out loud. Uh, and then I'll see you in Boston. <laughs> okay. So it was like one of the easiest jobs I've ever gotten. There was like it was zero hoops. It was all just hanging out with a cool guy and eating fries at a spot that he walks to from his house. So I love, I love that things can be that easy. So like did, when you went and did the read through at his house, did he love what you were doing with the character? Like adding uh, those little nuances yeah, and just immediately like he got me, I got him. It was like one of those where we're like, ah, oh, he's like, yeah, just when we get to Boston, just do that. Do what you're doing here. And how did you love? Uh, how did you love Boston? Or uh, I'm assuming you loved it. I did. Oh, my favorite day was uh, around Halloween. I got on a ferry and I took it to Salem, and did a lot of the like the witch stuff during Halloween. How was that? We were, we were there for in September into October, and so it was like the perfect time of year to be in Boston. My wife's family's from Boston, so I got to see some family. I got to go to like a, a, like one of those, I don't even know what they're called. Like they're, they're clubs, they're houses that 
like Harvard guys stay at. Like it's a Harvard gentlemen's club. There's no strippers though. Um, but my 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 uh, sis, my 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 wife's cousin is a member of one of these things uh, since he was in in went to Harvard, and I went like had had a cocktail with him there. So it was just a really and again it was I was in a very tender time, and so there was a lot of like wonderful things to do, and, and it's such a beautiful city, such a beautiful town. Yeah, it's gorgeous. Um... One one day we were shooting this intense scene and I didn't want to be too fraternizing too much with you because I wanted to stay in my my in my uh, moment about your character. I was staying in my my Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> You're like, I got to take a moment. I have to have I have to feel the feels about Joppa. Yeah, I was I was impervious to the ta to the Stashwick charms because I was no I was in the Joppa. Uh, you were, you had your headphones on. You're like, mm -hmm. no, no, leave them all alone. I was at, well, what kind of acting is that where people stay in character the whole movie? Methoding it. You were, you were melfitting it. You were doing your melfit acting. The thing. I was doing my melfit acting. Um, like, no Todd's on. No, no Todd, so, not. Irresistible charms, Dashwick. The laugh yeah. is closed for business. Uh, well, force field. Um, you t you've taught acting before, right? Like, what are your, uh, what are your, uh, what are your, your, your Todd tips for booking? How do you book a, like, if someone wanted to go, like, Todd, I want to go book a lead role in a movie playing a Russian gangster or some kind of comedy character with Diane Keatonheimer. What would you tell them? Which I want to be in a movie with Jeremy Ironsmith. What, <laughs> what advice would you break down? Okay, first I would say start when you're nine doing Elvis impressions for your mom in your living room. So start there. And then it's a natural equal sign. The math will just pull you forward. So go back. Start at nine. See you at set. See you on set. See you on set. <laughs> That's it. Uh, I don't like I, this. It's alchemy. Like, I don't know. Like, I don't know. Whatever. Everybody's got a secret recipe. Everybody's got their own path. I, I, I always say study. Like, study. Like, you know, people, first, there's this weird thing about Los Angeles where people show up and they're like, okay, well, I'm here where's my career? And I'm like, people don't just like get off the bus in Iowa and go, I want to be a doctor. I'm going to start cutting into people. Like it's like, it's a professional career that requires study. So study, like there's a lot of things in this world that I don't know how to do, but I have studied a lot on, on text analysis and story composition and character and voice and movement and scene breakdown you know i study and then you take ideally like we were talking about earlier when you were a kid and people were like oh she's funny you're like you take that raw talent and then you turn it into skill and skill is the thing that can be repeated like a skill is something you can do on cue when they wake you up at two o'clock in the morning you're sleeping in your trailer and then you have to get up and you have to they put powder on your face and then you walk to a mark and you have to create 
you know, a, a scene. What is happening? What is God, happening? Our technology today is like flickering in and out. So I love that. So yeah, it's skill is skill makes raw talent repeatable and bankable. Um, Todd, uh, have you ever had any like, what is the weirdest thing that's happened to you on a set? Or like, have you ever had to work with someone difficult or crazy that you- Oh, I'm not gonna talk ill about anybody. Um, but uh, one time, someone whose name rhymes with Melinda Schmill. Uh, was that Belinda Brill? Oh, I'm sorry, I know you're not mentioning names. Okay, go ahead. I am keeping it. No, uh, I've had, weird things happen on set i think and also surreal like how is this my life moments there was one time i was called to do a job i was in i was on a mountaintop in maine uh, vacationing with my family my wife is from maine and we were taking a nice uh vacation uh, <clears throat> and i was on a mountaintop and i got a text going they're going to fly you to hawaii to do an episode of hawaii 50. And I'm like, okay, I had to get to, I had to get to New York from Maine and then fly from JFK to Hawaii. And then in 48 hours, I was kneeling on a small inflatable dinghy in the middle of the Pacific Ocean while the camera was like, like on a boat, taking a far away shot of me looking like I was lost at sea. And so you get these moments where you like geolocate yourself and you're like, how did I go from standing on a mountain in Maine and 48 hours later, I am in the Pacific Ocean with a fake sunburn on kneeling in an inflatable dinghy. It was the strangest with with a wahoo like in the distance. So that's just weird. Like, it's yeah. just like, I go, how is this my life? How is that my life? And then you um, went from that boat to a duck boat in Boston. A duck boat in Boston. Boats are a big theme for me and my work. Uh, I'm, I pretty much will only do boat work. <laughs> There's just too many jobs, right? There's too many jobs. And so I'm like, okay, can we just limit it to the boat jobs? <laughs> that make things easier unless... It's just because they're throwing so much work at me. I'm like, just the boat job. <laughs> um, okay, cool. Well, do you have any closing comments? Um, please, folks, I know it's going to be hard, but have a safe science holiday. Follow the science. Give your family the gift of health and don't see them. Don't go on airplanes listen to people like no one wants you dead or your grandmother dead this holiday so so be safe be safe folks i'm not kidding this is this is awful they are running out of they have this is to be morose there are morgue trucks with bodies that they don't know where to put people so wear masks listen to scientists keep your family safe and have a great holiday Anyway, are you seeing a lot of people unmasked in your neighborhood? No, not in my neighborhood. Okay, because in my because I live in Silver Lake, and uh, most people are masked, and then there's still yeah. some who are just like, Ooh. no, but I'm seeing, I'm seeing I'm seeing footage of people from uh, in airports, 
right now and it's sardines like people are packed into airports and and it's and, and, and the virus doesn't care that you like think it's a hoax like, <laughs> it doesn't care i can go great i'm glad it's like going i don't believe in gravity i'm jumping off this building like great i'm glad you don't believe in it but it will win it will win so i want you around at christmas so please just zoom with your friends and family and be with the people you can be with because maybe you have a safe group of people like i have my wife and my children that i can think we, we do some social distancing with one or two friends in our yard uh, once in a while but for the most part just be be better than be safe just be smart be smart it's science yeah and it will that's my big thing that's i just want people alive and i want our country to go back to normal because i want to go back to work on a regular basis and i want to go to movies and see live music and eat in restaurants and hug my friends that's what i want i love that message of science i i, I know i wish we could have a premiere for love weddings and disasters coming out december 4th but there are other disasters preventing it. And those are the disasters of people not believing science. Right. See? But what guess what? Love conquers all. I'm saying. December 4th. De oh, there's Kevin. December 4th. Love weddings and well, other disasters. Love weddings and other disasters. You need to download it, stream it everywhere you can get your movies. Watch it with your friends. Watch it with your friends. Yes, Kevin, we have some cast members here. Yeah, I'm going to be talking to different cast members of I Love Weddings and Other Disasters, a.k.a. Elwad, here every day at 9 a.m. So, guys, keep coming back. Um, and um, also, this, by the way, is my podcast called, called Let's Process This with Melinda Hill. And you can subscribe for free wherever you get your pods. and uh, Or just go to MelindaHill.com and you can find all the info you need. Todd Stashwick. Now, is it Stashwick or is it Stashwick? How would it ever be like? Why, where would the long, where would a long I come from? Is it <laughs> is it Stashwick? It would be an E at the end, and then people would also then pronounce the Stashwicky. But if it was an E at the end, I guess it would be white, like like. Is it Stashwicky? It's okay. Yes. Stash Waikiki. Kiki. To avoid a deeper issue, I'm just gonna say yes. Stash Waikiki. Um, Very much. Uh, I I think that you are fantastic. You made fantastic. You made me laugh so much on this yeah. set, and I'm so excited for people to see you playing this Russian gangster because you added such a such an element to him. So many flavors. Thank you. <laughs> And it was a pleasure to play with you. And I can't wait to see the the magic, the alchemy that we create on the silver screen. Yeah. Yeah. It's exciting. So thanks for stopping by today. Good luck with all of your, your dungeon ventures and your nerd ventures. And it's really exciting. Oh, follow me over on Instagram. I'm at Todd Stashwick. Yes. At Todd Stashwick. And on Twitter. On Twitter, where are you? I'm at, uh, oh no, I'm at T Stashwick on Instagram. I'm at Todd Stashwick on Twitter. That's right. And also I'm seeing you're at TS Nerd Circus on Twitter and also at the Nerd Circus 
on Instagram. So everyone follow Todd and everyone have a beautiful and safe day. Thank you for joining us. Healthy uh, tip, healthy parting, healthy tip. Give it to me. Uh, the five M's, meditation, motion, mother nature, meeting of the minds, murder. Bye everyone.